Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. My name is Kong Shang, and I am the host of this podcast. The goal of the show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you to act, and get you in the right mindset so you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Today's episode's guest is Gavin Matsumiya. Gavin believes that the quality of your life comes from your ability to communicate. He is the founder of FlowFam, a non-judgmental collective space that cultivates vocal confidence, innovation, and healthy communication. Through this methodology, Gavin has touched the lives of people from 18 different countries, from children as young as 10 to 71 years of age. Gavin, welcome to my show. How are you doing? Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. I am. I'm actually very calm and relaxed. I've been doing more of these morning meditations with my friend Sabo, this Joe Dispenza meditation. It's a lot longer than I typically meditate. So as somebody who has a lot of enthusiasm, this grounded, poised lion energy, I am, is my next level of my evolution. So I'm feeling quite grounded today. Thank you. That's amazing. I love to hear that. And I think that meditation is such a great tool. Um, it's free, it is accessible to everyone. And I think more people need to meditate um, to really just reflect on their life and really be in a state of mind that's positive and in, in high vibration. And so um, so tell us more about your background. How did you get started in this, um, you know, this realm of, of coaching? And um, yeah, we'll start there. Yeah, well, it depends on how far back we want to uh, start. Uh, well, actually, we can we can go back into childhood. There is uh, some of the biggest things that I find is people's purposes and some of their passions can be informed from some experiences that took place earlier on in the childhood. And for me, as this little kid that always, I thought I was, I don't know, I was told like from certain girls that I was ugly and I had these braces and I looked nerdy, but I actually started a year late and I was very shy. And I always would tell myself like, you're shy, you're stupid. Um, And that was really the starting point of me starting to develop like observational skills and looking at people, um, why is Peter Evenson so popular? Um, I wanna be able to be confident like that. And so that was the start for me to start to develop an empathy for people that are more shy, that feel like they're little wallflowers and have trouble expressing themselves. So when I started to develop that capacity later on, um, and then I joined Toastmasters a little later on and started to really technically learn how to speak better and become a good presenter, I I kind of accidentally came into moving from life coaching, which I did when I was in Japan, just coaching everybody on different goals. Oh, you got a health goal? Let me help you out. Into funneling it into, oh, I'm actually really good at helping people to express themselves with their voice. 
And so it is almost like it found me. It found me, but it really started from developing an empathy because I never felt like I had a voice growing up. Mm. Wow, that's so powerful. Of course, everyone has a voice and it sounds like you found ways to tap into this powerful version of yourself. And we kind of talked about this earlier about using your voice to build confidence. And often when people think about voice, they often think about, oh, you're a singing coach. But to you, it's more about the confidence building, tap into this higher version of who we are. Can you elaborate more on that idea? Like how do we leverage our our voice to build confidence? What does that mean? How does that look like? Well, uh, for me, I got, um, I've been largely inspired by this man by the name of Roger Love. And he's a voice coach that coaches two different types of people. One, he coaches singers. He coaches Hanson. He, you know, he coaches really high end ones that won Grammys, but he also has coached Tony Robbins. He's coached Brendan Burchard speakers because those that speak for long periods of time, they have to learn the technicalities of speaking or they're really gonna mess up their vocal cords. So how can you actually have longevity? But inside of it, he teaches five different building blocks of voice. You have tone, you have pitch, you know, you have volume, you have tempo, you have the pacing, but you also have melody. The way that you actually accentuate words through notes almost as if it's a song. And so, uh, I get, con- there get there gets controversy around it too, that like, oh, are you saying that everybody needs to use vocal variety when they're speaking like this and they have to be animated almost like there are cartoon characters that, that kind of feels inauthentic to me, Gavin. So what are you trying to prescribe? And it's like, no, it's actually that, not at all. You have people like Terrence McKenna, who is actually very monotone, which just means there's one tone of one's voice. I actually have quite a few tones right here. However, it's, interesting to see the more I've coached people how when they experiment with their voice in a safe space where they maybe experiment with like let's just take a sentence of like I wonder how that person's doing over there and then you experiment with it hmm I wonder how that person's doing over there I wonder how that person's doing over there I wonder how that person's doing over there you could tell that each of those has different textures. The last one was a little more playful. The other, the second one was a little more stoic. The first one was a little more of like accentuated curiosity, but they, they bring about different emotions. And when we bring about different emotions, it activates different parts of our reticular activating system that then also influences the way we think. So that's why I think about voice. Voice is a transformational tool that when we see it more as a game, how can I actually play around with it in the comfort of a safe space? And how does it make me feel? How, how, does it, how, how does it change the way that I think and reflect about certain experiences in my life? It's very empowering. And so that's what I teach people. It's not about singing. No, we want to explore your voice as a way to understand yourself more. Mm-hmm. And through that sense of awareness, you can actually start to create the identity. I call it a flow ID with which you want to develop traits around. And yes. Wow, that's amazing. It's, there's so much uh, techniques and just how people use their voice. And now I get it. 
and that's just quite complex actually <laughs> it's like how do you like if you're going to approach i don't know um a date or someone you like at the you know at the coffee shop or just like how when you're out on stage public speaking like all that is you know how do you how you use your voice is is so um it, it could either be very inspiring or it could be uh you know it could bring some some low energy low vibration um and so i think for all of us as human beings we're all about i think energy and vibration and using our voice is just a way to almost guide us through that energy so to speak um yeah. so so when you're coaching people how are those conversations like like are you coaching people that are public speakers are they do they like how do you identify you know your ideal um i guess person to work with um that's that's really interesting because it's still crystallizing actually it's mm -hmm. becoming more and more clear through the years i don't think i found my perfect avatar yet but they tend to be the ones that i work best with is that they have some type of like we don't call it like a spiritual leaning mm -hmm. there's something that happened in their life where or they you know they value some type of quote-unquote spiritual practice like meditation they do some forms of journaling that allows them to introspect and generally they think that there's some type of interconnection to something greater than themselves maybe because we attract who we are more so that's definitely a one of them and then usually there's some type of introversion or shyness that they experience in the workplace or around specific relationships in their life. And that's what we tend to focus on. By doing that, nothing occurs in isolation necessarily. It actually can nuancely begin to other areas. So I've identified like a specific place where they're experiencing a sense of shyness, which I see as shyness being there's some type of mental block that's being created that inhibits their ability to vocally express themselves there. And then that's where we actually get into and through the gamification of, well, let's practice a little bit. Let's do a little bit of role play. Imagine that I'm actually that person right there. Hey, what did you notice? This is what I noticed. Now let me pretend to be you and the other way around. And so I tend to work very well with people that have some area of the life where they feel vocally inhibited. And then we, we dissect that and there's a spiritual inclination that they have that's amazing so i want to sh shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about um your experience uh we kind of mentioned it but uh tony robbins um event date with De destiny um correct experience like for you yeah so for those of you who um no, no, Tony Robbins. He's that big, the big guy that was on Shallow Hell. <laughs> there, that's when I first saw him there. Uh, but um, that was definitely one of the top experiences of my life. I back in that time. That's shortly. I was two years. I was out of college. I had got a psychology degree from UC Irvine, and I was kind of just fed up with my job at certain social services. I was fed up with my social circles. We were going to Cabo Cantina every weekend down Washington Boulevard by Venice Beach. And I found myself just in that Groundhog Day, in and out, 
in and out. And I wanted something different. And so Tony Robbins had a TED talk on the six human needs. Uh, and it really kind of opened me up to this area that people call personal development was such an oversaturated term. However, an ability to look inside of myself to identify the barriers that are holding me back so that I can have a clear cut vision that's not inhibited by the past definitions that I might have constrained upon myself. And David Destiny was that testament to me dropping $5,000 for six days. It did not cover the hotel. It did not cover food. My parents thought I was crazy. Friends thought like, well, who is this? And they thought it was like a Ponzi scheme or something. And I was smart enough to actually pay for it before I heard them and before <laughs> I told them about it because I might've talked myself out of it. And to me, there's a few things. I'll even say three. I love to challenge myself. This is a great way, everybody. You can just make up. There's three things that come up for me. So there's three things, y'all. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, fir the first one is that it was already worth it the minute that I clicked the ticket because that was the first time that I took a stand for something in my life, even when the people that were around me that were loved ones maybe didn't fully support what it was because they didn't understand. And sometimes you encounter situations where you have to make those discernments, those decisions that may not be supported by even the people that you that love you the most. That made it worth it. The second one is that I always felt like a black sheep. I always felt like I was... I was a year older than everybody in school. You know, I remember basketball teams. I was like, I don't know. I just, there was something that was like, I just never fit in. And when I went to Tony Robbins, there were people that were like just jumping up and down when people were having breakdowns, just like, hey, this is, this is good for you. This is, I'm so glad that you're, that you're allowing yourself to be open in this way to us. And um, I found my kind of crazy. It made me realize that like, yeah, I'm crazy. And there are people out there that are my flavor of crazy too. And that it's okay if some of my high school friends aren't my kind of crazy now. I'm, I'm evolving into something different. But that also doesn't mean at this point that, that I have to just push them away indefinitely. Maybe there's just like, they're good for historical times and recounting the past. And there's a purpose of that. Therefore, relationships can serve different purposes. Interesting. And then the last thing for myself too, is that emotion is created by motion. So he identifies three different ways that you can change your state of mind. And that's very important when we're communicating when we're using our voice to be mindful, to stand guard at the door of our mind. And there's three things. One is what are we really making things actually mean? What's the meaning? Is it the end? Is it the beginning? And what are we actually really focusing on? Are we focusing on how to be right? Or are we focused on truly trying to understand another person? And then physiology, how am I actually orienting my body and the way that I utilize my body in situations that make me feel powerful, not better than other people, just standing my ground in who I am. And that to me was very transformational. I really started to be mindful of what am I focusing on? Let me express my gratitudes every day, even when I don't feel like it, because it's not about the one time that I stand up. It's about the habit my body understands faster than my mind. But let me start exercising more and focusing on the form more than just doing as many as possible because quality over quantity inside of these little behaviors extract actually life lessons and my manifesto in a way. And so that was very fundamental to now the core distinctions that I've evolved into to create things like FlowFan now, which is really a consolidation of everything that I've learned 
inside of three different pieces, which is public speaking, coaching, and the power of, of freestyle. And that's what's my newest infinite game, which is called Flow Fam. Mm -hmm. But it really started from those moments like they were with Destiny and Tony Robbins in December of 2012. That's amazing. Uh, I've heard a lot of great things about the program. And of course, Tony Robbins, one of the greatest, if not the greatest personal development guru out there. Um, it's definitely worth attending an event um, or just listening to his podcast or an episode on YouTube, um, just because he really does dive deep into how we can really excel in our business and in life. And I completely agree with a lot of things he says, and I'm glad that you're able to adventure off and be brave enough to challenge yourself and others by taking a step and being a better version of yourself. And I think when we're <clears throat> trying to do something courageous or uh, uplifting um, to better ourselves, people often, even our loved ones, can get scared of that because not, uh, not because uh, of jealousy or negative um, reasons, but they just want like, the best for you. And so, and that often comes from uh, being protective. Um, but at the same time, I know you were, you know, of course, intelligent enough to, to see it through and, um, you know, dedicated your time and energy um, to attend this event and really was I an eye-opening experience for you. So I'm very happy to hear that. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned the third element, which was uh, freestyle. Can you explain to us what that is? What is <laughs> Yes, yes. When I when I think about freestyle, I'm like, okay, so like I'm out there, like you know, there's a DJ on stage, and I'm like <laughs> dancing freestyle, like that's that's what I think about. Oh yeah, but yeah. Obviously, your concert with that is completely different, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But there's a there's definitely a similarity inside of that, and you know, freestyle, how I was brought up inside of it, and this is really what helped to forge a private confidence, uh, for me because I was very shy. Is I really liked hip hop growing up. So the origin for me of freestyle was actually freestyle through rap, freestyle through throw some music on and then try to come up with something seemingly out of thin air. That's what it is there. So that's that kind of where, where it started. Now, what I refer to it now is it's kind of a mixture. It's a mixture of you're using your voice to extemporaneously express something. Now, freestyle people be will look at Carrie Mack or, or or other kind of rappers that can flow off the cuff and they're very clever. They can come up with metaphors and punchlines just like that. Hey, that's cool. That's great. I think of freestyle as the ability to, you're expressing yourself in the moment. And by doing so, you're learning to trust yourself more. Mm. Because when you're freestyling, you don't always know what's going to be coming out. But with the more practice, the more you can actually develop a funnel for which your extemporaneous thoughts have a weaving thread that just connects. And that takes practice because repetition is the mother of skill, the father of learning and the language of the brain. So I teach people to actually trust themselves more through an element of freestyle. Wow, that's amazing. Well, there's also what I hear from all of you of what you just said is the is us giving the right to be ourselves by leveraging our creativity 
when when we were mm-hmm. we were kids. I mean, I remember growing up as a as a little kid. Like I, I, I had the freedom to be whoever I wanted to be. Like one day I was Superman, the other day I was Batman, and I have costumes that I wear to channel that energy and act as if I was that character. And as we grow older, society, culture, our loved ones, friends, family, um, strangers. They begin to tell us that you know we have to act a certain way, and and I, I there was a point in my um, a younger adult life where I felt like I didn't I wasn't able to express the creative side of me. Like I wanted to dance freely. Like if I wanted to just like have that right just to go to a club and just like dance, you know, dance my heart out and. As I grew older and I, you know, excelled in my professional life, I felt like I, like I wasn't, I was so tapped into, tapped out of this creativity because I was so driven in my career that didn't really have the energy um, or opportunities to really express the other side of me, the creative side, where you just be yourself. And, you know, like when you had a club or a dance, you know, at a party, you, you just, you tend to let loose and you're more casual and I was tense like I did not feel like I was able to let loose and there were just so many moments when you know my friends would say to me when we're at a a party or a club hey dude man let loose a little bit or like hey dude man you know you're a little tense here are you okay and I never really thought much of it until you know, a couple of years ago, I'm like, you know what, maybe they had a point. And so I think it's just mm-hmm. so important that we have to live out, you know, when I say, you know, the the, the point of the show is really to encourage people to live out their the fullest potential. A part of that is about leveraging that creativity that we have. Everybody has it. And it's a matter of releasing that energy in, in, in a variety of ways, either through dancing, through yoga, through, you know, whatever it is. Earlier, you mentioned about, uh, what was it? Uh, motion is, what was it again? Emotion, emotion is created by emotion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I really resonate with that because it's true. Um, you know, one of the things I, I enjoy doing is lifting weights, working out, because I understand that by moving my body, you know, and challenging it in different ways that, you know, that that's where the, the, the creative creativity, you know, um, comes out, out of. Yes. Yes. Uh, so many things just came up for me. Uh, well, one, one thing is that I'm very passionate about gamifying human connection, uh, in human needs psychology connection is, is one of the six human needs and people will do different types of things quote-unquote people pleasing in order to try to experience a sense of connection mm. people will go and buy gifts five love languages by gary chapman right that that renowned book in ways to create this sense of connection that we all need we really want love but connection is a more safer um and 
what I find this term yesterday, it actually came to me as I was observing somebody else because I love facilitating. It's like one of my obsessions, how to create a space with group dynamics with different people, but to appeal to them all wanting to bring the best out of each other, which we call group flow. And the term that came up for me because I was experiencing people in this flow state through music at someone else's events, it was called flowcializing. Huh. flowcializing and so it's you know when people are actually in a sense of flow state then it creates this and it's safe it creates this beautiful concoction of of people's creativity to truly skyrocket and there was somebody that was there yesterday and she was she didn't have the you know she didn't have a good day she didn't have a good day but because there's music there she just said, you know what? Pardon my French. Fuck it. I'm just going to let y'all know what's going on. And she just started singing and, and, and also rapping a little bit and talking about, you know, her trials and tribulations of a day, kind of getting, um, what do you want to say, um, blown off by this guy that she was supposed to go on a date on. And it was, she was having a conversation with us through music. And what I love about it and why I incorporate music inside of my coaching too, it creates a space where people's quote unquote vulnerabilities, and I like to even say, I step away from more vulnerability into more of people's ability to step out of a box. It's a great code word to step out of a box and through music, it turns that stepping out of the box slash vulnerability into something that's artistic, mm. something that's creative right there. So therefore there's nothing wrong about it. It normalizes actually any emotion that you might be experiencing. And through music, if that can allow somebody to normalize their anger, their frustration, their jealousy, their envy, their joy, their gratitude, their ecstaticness, that's one badass human being right there. That is self-acceptance on a whole other level, which is the essence of freestyle of trust, you see? And um, that's really what I want to do. I want to normalize the human experience. And one way that I made it practical for myself is that a year and a half ago, my friend, one of my friends got murdered. And, um, and you know, when you're going through grief, you have a shock period where you're, you intellectually, you know, they're gone, but you, you're, I'm so used to seeing him on morning calls that something was like, something's off. I, it didn't catch up to me yet. And um, it wasn't until I was in a session with my flow that I was facilitating to be, and I allowed myself just to talk about it. I allowed myself just to talk about it. Hey, Valdez, the man, I kind of miss you. I'm not really feeling the loss yet because there's some type of block inside of my mind and I'm aware of how the grieving process worked. And I just don't know, I'm kind of pissed off that somebody actually took your life and it's leading me to a little bit of strife. I'm wondering how your family's doing because I never met them. And it allowed me to move from sh shock to anger, to sadness, to a little window of being grateful that I got to experience four years of my life with him. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and um, it happened with my other buddy who lost his father and my other buddy who lost his father at 13. And inside of the FlowFam space, it allows to bring about emotions that come up that might've been calloused that might have been really, for some shape or form, pushed down. And through creating healing spaces, through music, 
with the right facilitation skills, it can really be healing mm-hmm. for people. It gets them yeah. connected to deeper parts of who they are. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. Um, wow, I, that's all, all of what you just said is very powerful. I, as human beings, were especially men, we're taught to hold in our emotions and not express it, be the man of the household. You know, you know, our job is to, you know, make money and don't show emotions and be tough and stuff like that. And, but the reality is that we're all human beings at the end of the day and we all have emotions. And growing up, I think you and I, we talked about this when we first met, my dad was very much a macho, um, you know, you're, you're kind of like your, your ideal macho man, right? Like never showed emotions. I've never seen him cried except one time when I graduated with my master's and some, you know, his emotion, um, emotional about it. But other than that, um, you know, he never really showed emotions and just, um, you know, and, and I, and I see through that and just how lonely it gets when we, know are longing for connection but we don't have the skills to get us there and for him i can just see through his eyes how lonely he was and Mm. you know i find ways to connect with him in you know in small ways uh, you know whether that is just ask him how his day was or just take him him out on a fishing trip right Um, right because those are the activities that he enjoys the most and where he comes alive. And so, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure through your work, you, you find bits and pieces to, to encourage people to be more of themselves. And I love, you know, with your project through FlowFam that you're, you're already doing that, but also I'm sure through your interaction with strangers and friends and family um, on, on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you're, you're helping them, uh, you know, tap into this space uh, to remind themselves that, hey, it's okay to be human. Like, it's okay to show emotions. It's okay to be who you are. And um, and that's one of the primary reasons why I'm, I invited you to my podcast is because I know that you have a gift that you can share with my listeners on how mm-hmm. they can um, be more expressive and in a way that's creative, authentic, and uh, in the process um, gives them a deep meaning um and you know if, if i had to ask you what inspired you to to this calling of yours or this work it's it's wild like for some reason you know um in our family we we've experienced quite a few transitions you know deaths in the family and mm-hmm. so Every time I had to go to a funeral, eulogies are given. And then you go to the luncheons afterwards, people would typically like talk about stories, you know, stories about the experiences with that person. And my auntie Patty was my favorite auntie in sixth grade. And uh, she she, uh, died of pancreatic cancer. Um, And I just remember that day when my parents have to go to the hospital. And I went to, and I remember going to school that day and 
you know, I didn't tell nobody like what was happening. And I just said, I was fine. Maybe like how your father, a lot of people walk around and they'll just say that they're fine. And I, I think that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes to, sometimes you just have to wear a mask on to do what needs to be done. The only thing is that we need to have spaces. We don't have to go and go on social media and tell the whole world how your life's falling apart. You don't have to do that. You know, <laughs> we do, and you don't even have to say it to your wife. We do need to have spaces though, where we can take that off to express ourselves. And we can be very selective in where that takes place and how that takes place. There's very, I think that's a very powerful thing and the whole world doesn't need to know what you're going through. It doesn't, <laughs> it takes a certain kind of person that will do that and be, be willing to be scapegoated for that. But that moment with my great auntie, that realization was that like how lonely that felt that mm. nobody knew the pain of, of missing my, my auntie Patty, you mm. know? And I didn't have the skill. I didn't know how to express it in sixth grade mm -hmm. there. So it really is a drive where in my presence, in my presence, like I do my best to make Pete the person next in front of me to, to, to feel a sense of like, this person cares about me. Mm -hmm. This, this, I can, I can express myself to this person here, mm -hmm. you know? And um, that's just one of my general intentions that I like to have, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it is a driving force for me because of feeling so inhibited. I inhibited myself, right? But growing up, mm -hmm. it drives me. Mm -hmm. I, never want, I never want people to feel that way around me. Yeah, well, the statement that you just conveyed that you said I am the one that inhibited myself really comes off as a, you owned it. It was you, you. You're being you're personally accountable for your feelings, and that reminds me. Of course, we certainly have challenges in our lives, but our power remains in which, how we interpret it and respond to it, right? And you chose, like you you had a sense of accountability that you inhibited and you're going to choose to do something about it, to ensure that you don't experience that again. And you know, can you share with us what that process was like for you, like that transition from, you know, feeling like you were inhibited in these emotions to letting go and being more expressive or, you know, be more in tune with your emotions and finding a perhaps productive or healthier way. Of yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a few things that come up. I think one of them is that you, there is a place of at certain parts, I think is strong arming. And that's like through through the solo. Let me just let me just try to push through that. So that there's there's that part because I can be stubborn and it's like at a certain point it's just like I'm tired. Let's go. <laughs> like I'm gonna like let me let me try something. Let me let me start a new conversation with somebody. Right. Let yeah. let me actually talk to my supervisor and uh, back when I was working at Paver Frontiers to be like I didn't agree with what you with what you did right there. Right. Respectfully though. So there's there's those parts where you have to push. But then there's this other thing. This other thing is 
the Ariana's of the world, I say, because there was this girl in, in high school who sat next to me and it wasn't a romantic thing. We just were like kind of table buddies and she played on the soccer team and she like kind of slowly just started to ask me about my culture, my upbringing and stuff and started to get me out of the show when I didn't speak up. And there was one time when she asked me for a piece of advice over some type of conflict that she was having with one of her, with her father. Mm-hmm. And um, I, um, I, I said something that like, I don't even remember quite. It was like, you know, like, uh, but she ended up, it's interesting how sometimes you say things and it makes a difference in ways that you don't even, wouldn't even know, like, <laughs> and you don't even remember what you said, but it made a difference. Right. So she came back the, the next day um, going to sixth period after lunch and she just hugged me and said that like I listened to what you said and I think that my dad understands me a little more now mm-hmm. and um, that was really the first time that someone made me feel like my voice actually meant something like that that my body was like whoa what what and so nothing can replace having somebody that's kind of like a champion for you you know Jay-Z had an English teacher that told him there's something about you in writing, you know, like there, there's really somebody who, who stokes a little ember inside that like, Hey, mm-hmm. there's something here. Maybe explore that, you know? And, and she was one of those people for me and she doesn't even, I tried to reach out to her and I don't know how to connect with her now to thank her because she may not remember that moment, mm-hmm. but I think we all need to have Ariana's like that or spaces. Mm-hmm. which is why flow found for me i've created because i wanted flow fam to be this overarching collective ariana mm-hmm. for people to feel safe to express and what it's like to really co-create a healing space which composes two different things according to this amazing dude by the name of leon vanderpool one of my favorite books thanks to the homie ck a healing space composing two things of whatever the space is what's injected in it is one of deep curiosity to what's happening over there which is empathy without judging it, without judging it as a bad thing or feeling bad for somebody with just sympathy. No, it's empathy. And then it's that regardless of what's being expressed and what's taking place, that person is, you're holding steadfast that that person is holding complete. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to say anything. If you inject empathy and a focus that this person is holding complete, regardless of what they're saying, it can be incredibly healing right there. Mm-hmm. And so I think at first it's really surrounding yourself with at least one person who sees that ember in you. Mm-hmm. Good to have constructive feedback and all that too. And it's also important just to have that support. Mm-hmm. Say, like, hey, you're awesome. I want you to know that you're awesome, no matter how hard things get. Right. And that's, that's amazing. And then the determination stuff can come too. Yeah, um, I, I truly believe, you know, the greats really um, instill greatness in you. They have the ability to see you and identify ways to inspire you and empower you to be the best that you can be. And from a biological standpoint, I think we're wired to focus on the negativity of life and that tend to outweigh the the positive things that um, you know that 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 we have in our lives. And one of the great 
ways to shift our mindset is through the power of uh, gratitude, right? And you mentioned at the start of this episode, you you know you meditate, and one of the reasons why I do it is because it gets me into a state of gratitude, and that often focuses on you know the positive things in my life and we need to surround ourselves with people that can inspire us to be great uh in our own uh right as well as be in our environment surround us up with um just you know the beauty of life that really reminds us that we are a special and unique individual and we have so much power to contribute into this world to make a positive impact. And we have to find ways to contribute in that sense. And so, which leads me to my next question, what does impact mean to you? Or maybe that ties into purpose. Mm. You're great at segues here. You know, my number my number one value for the past ever since 2012 has been gratitude. And it's even deeper, it's called itarakimasu, which means thank you for everything that it took to make this happen. A Japanese concept and prayer that is typically said before we have a meal. Itadakimasu. I just call it thank you for everything. That to me, if I for me to instill a sense of other people's inquiry into gratitude or a gratitude practice, especially an itarakimasu moment. This is one of my purposes actually, is to live and spread the spirit of itarakimasu across culture and generations. If you can't pronounce it, you will be able to itadakimasu. Thank you for everything. And it's just a two to three minute exercise that anybody can do. It's amazing when you can do it with somebody else. And basically, it's just, you can always just open up like, hey, I know we just met, or hey, friend, or hey, mom, you want to play a game, right? Play, right? Uh, Gamify human connection. Uh, Let's play a game like, okay, we could just do it really quick, but what had to take place in order for us to be here right now? And people can take turns. Well, in order for this to take place, you would have had to download Lunch Club, probably, right? To And then to randomly, or from divine reason, connect with Remy, and then have some type of conversation that then led to saying, Gavin, right? And then Remy relayed the message to me to be like, hey, uh, you should connect with Kong here. You might have some type of synergy. That played a part in us actually being here, right? Mm-hmm. And Remy had to meet my friend Theo, who was from the FlowFam space, which I never would have been able to make make friends with during the pandemic. And I never, and I just physically met him a couple months ago, bridged by a conversation with my other friend Golf, who connected each other based on faith and them him becoming a newly father, in order for me to connect with Remy, which they met through Lunch Club. So whoever the founder of Lunch Club is played a part in us being here. <laughs> And so, you know, and then we can take turns. And I just think that like from all of that, when I've practiced this with other people, it gets people present to so many things like 
a breakup had to take place, a heart-wrenching pain. Someone had to get fired in order for that moment to happen, you know? And so, and then it creates this sense of awe of like, wow, everything, like, wow, pain, everything had to come, right? Normalizing the human experience, right? It like, to me, the Itarakimas moment encapsulates honoring the human experience you know and um if i can just make people find some gratitude no matter how hard it gets to find a little something that they even could be grateful for to me that's impact i think grateful people treat people better i think grateful people are better to have on a team i I think grateful people internally experience life with more vivaciousness and abundance I think gratefulness and gratitude is an essential recipe that goes back to my mom when we had talks. Um, And she said, you know, just one time that like, it's so important just to be grateful for what you have, you know? And um, I'll never forget one time because she was a retired kindergarten teacher. You know, she said one time like, you know, um, a lot of people overlook the, the custodial staff at the school or some people even will say certain things that seem to be demeaning. He's like, well, if you really knew what it looks like to live a mile in their shoes, then they probably wouldn't have said that thing, you know? And um, I think that gratitude is also a way that we can really connect with other people and be curious about someone else's life. And that reminds us that, you know, to appreciate the things that we do have. So shout out to my mom. In this because she played a part in this itarakimasu. <laughs> um, but to me, spreading gratitude is a, is a part of impact, and it's um it's overused a lot. But it's there because it's it really matters. And if we can st- instill that in the future, that you know to be great by being grateful, mm-hmm. be great by being grateful. Um, there's going to be less conflict and that's going on, but it has to start with us. So that's why my meditation practice for myself is so important. And I practice it daily to find myself on something that I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the concept of it, is, it has to start with us. Uh, I profoundly agree that in order to lead from, you know, lead a group as you're you know, facilitating a, a session or, be a community advocate, you have to work on those internal um, challenges. They say that leadership is leading from the inside out. So is authenticity and sincerity and um, you know empowerment, all of that. We have to ensure that we're in a good state of mind and also in a good place before we can make an impact in people's lives. And yeah. There's so much to unpack what you just said, you know, uh, another point you made was, you know, like I had to get fired and, you know, I had to go through a divorce or relationship issue in order to be in this space, um, whatever that space is. Um, this show really is to remind people to to find meaning in all of life life's circumstances. And I really do believe that there it has to be a way for us to make sense of life when we're going through challenges because that's where we'll find a sense of fulfillment, right? Okay, so you lost a friend, 
and that was disheartening but what you know how did you make meaning of that like what does that mean not every situation that we encounter is is considered bad maybe it is to help us grow to be more full of ourselves to be a better version of ourselves okay you lost that job yeah that was painful but now you get to build your own business and you get to make an impact in many in many other ways right so there's mm -hmm. it's there's it's how you look at it and again the power is it, it, it is is how you interpret and how you make meaning of, of life's circumstances um gavin you know this is such an incredible talk i mean i, I you know, like with you i feel like i can talk for for hours um i just have my last question here which is how do you define success and where can people find you should they choose to connect with you after this podcast episode thank you thank you <laughs> this is all part of the set yeah so success webster will have their own definitions to me success means living in alignment with your core values but means of course knowing what those core values are and then living in alignment with it which is why gratitude itadakimasu is so important for me to have a daily practice and routine around it and living in alignment with your core values mm. amazing people and people can find me at gavinmasumiya.com if you want to hear uh see more about what i'm up to uh, m-a-s-u-m-i-y-a.com and you can also find more about the movement of FlowFam at flowfam.com. I have a retreat that's coming up next weekend. So this will likely take place and launch afterwards. However, you can hear more about what the infinite game is there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Gavin, thank you so much for your time and investing in your energy today with me and with our audience. Folks, if you enjoyed this episode, please uh, like and share it, spread it wide, uh, widely. And I hope that uh, you'll get a chance to connect with Gavin uh, through those uh, uh, resources that he mentioned. Until then, Gavin, thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you. And itadakimasu.